0: Seated? Yeah, y'all can give him a hand. That was awesome. Praise God. What's that? Putting stuff in my way up here. What's happening? Hey, good morning. I'm Pastor Wade, for those that don't know me. And uh, I missed y'all last week. Uh, I was out last week. We got a little bit of a spring break. We got to go up to my grandparents' ranch, which is up in North Texas a little ways outside of Fort Worth, and I just love being up there, um, especially uh, just getting quality time with my grandparents, and uh, my granny and Pawpaw, I love them. My Pawpaw, his name is Neely Tipton, Um, not that y'all care about his name, but um, that is his name, (laughs) but my Pawpaw is one of my heroes, Um, and we have a picture of him this morning just to show you how, there he is, that's right. He served in Korea. He was a sergeant in the army, um, though it actually shows that he's a private there. So, uh, but he has something that shows that he's a sergeant somewhere. <laughs> and, and he's just a man man's man. Um, he took over the ranch back in 83, and he has been out there in his retirement working the cattle ranch that's been in our family since the 1930s. Uh, he's been out there for 36 years doing this. He was in the army, and he really he stand up for what is right when everybody else isn't. It could, should come no surprise that from my hero, when I was about eight years old, is one of my uh, most prized uh, gifts that I was ever given, and it was a knife. It looks something like that. Um, they it's supposed to be a picture. There it is. Oh, that's a great picture of it. Um, it's right here. <laughs> Um, and I actually don't use the knife anymore because I almost lost it once. And if you ask Julie, she will tell you that um, that may be a problem that persists in my life. That sometimes I misplace things. Uh, sometimes they're my keys to my office, and I have to go ask other people for keys. So if you're ever around, and you're like, "Hey, do you have your keys?" And I show you to him. You're like, "You should like praise God, right?" You're like, "Yes, Jesus, He <laughs> He has His keys." I have those tile things uh, so I can keep up with my keys and my wallet and all that kind of stuff. But when I was about eight years old, my papa gave me this knife. And before that, um, I had decided that I wanted a knife so bad. I had like knife fever, y'all. And so I decided to borrow without asking what are my papa's knives? That's right, your pastor stole something. Um, ooh. Hey, lint is for confession, right? So, um, so I borrowed this knife from my pawpaw, and I got punished, right? So, like I should have. And so, after the punishment, he starts teaching me about knives. He teaches me this is how you use it, this is how you clean it, this is how you take care of it. All these kind of knife etiquette type things that you need to know. And then he gave me that knife. And I was just blown away by that fact. I was blown away at the fact that he could have judged me. He could have said, no, we need to wait a few years, right? You don't really need a knife at this time since you tried to steal one of mine. And this was a knife that he was given when he retired from uh, like 30 years at the company that he worked for. And so this wasn't just like some knife, but um, he showed it to me and I remember where it was and I went and I got it. And he was like, hey, wait, where's my knife? And I was like, I don't know. But he could have judged me for that. He could have said, no, you don't need a knife. You don't know how to take care of it. Uh, you don't to know how to do this. But instead, he saw me. He saw me asking for a knife. He saw me seeking after the tool that a knife was. And he saw me knocking at the door of knifedom, if that's a thing. <laughs> it is now. Yeah, that's right. I make up words. Um, during the season of Lent, we're, we're on a journey together. Lent is this type of journey. It's 40 days. It's actually 47 days, but it's okay. 40 days without the Sundays included and without Easter included. But it's a journey. And it's kind of, we're on this road to the resurrection. We're on this road to what the power of Resurrection Sunday, the power of what Easter is in our lives and then the life of the world, really. And so we're on this road. And as we're on this road this year, what we're orienting ourselves towards. Throughout this season of Lent, is that we're wanting to listen to God. Listen to God. And so we come to this passage that we have this week, and we're kind of shown a little bit about who God is, right? And right before our passage this week, it's actually the Lord's Prayer that, that John, one of his disciples, one of Jesus' disciples, says, Hey, Lord teaches us about prayer, and he teaches them about prayer, and then he comes and he, and he tells uh, our passage, and it's from Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his imprudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? And if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask it of Him. So that's kind of a weird way to transition from the Lord's Prayer. I mean, literally, he goes from the Lord's Prayer to saying, hey, and you know, if you have a friend, and you go to him, and you're like, open up, bang, 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 give me some bread. That's kind of a weird transition, right? But Uh, It's important because it, it will teach us something about who Jesus is. The most important thing that we can say about prayer is that God listens to us. That when we go to him and we ask him, we're let in on a secret about God. Before this time, people thought they had to pray these long prayers to get God's attention that they had to stand out in these specific places and in front of people, and somehow God would answer them more than he would answer in silence. And he teaches us that when we're seeking something, when we're in prayer, the first thing that we need to do is ask. Ask, seek, and knock, right? And I know what you're thinking this morning, really, really, Pastor Wade? That's what you're bringing to me this morning? With everything I have going on in my life, you're telling me to go and pray about it? Yes, I am saying that. I am telling you to go and pray. Because I believe that prayer is powerful in our lives. That we do have to ask Jesus for, some, for what we want, that if we have a request, we need to take it to him specifically. And we need to know that he hears us. He hears each of us. But I think even more than that, even more than how he will hear us, God cares about us that prayer is about a relationship. It's not just about going and saying, hey, uh, you know, rubbing the genie's lamp, right? Hey, God, I really want this. It's about going and taking yourself to the Lord and asking of him because you know he cares about you and he wants that relationship. He cares more about the person who is asking than about what they are asking for. So that's ask. This invitation to ask comes with a little bit of a warning, though. Oftentimes when we come and we ask of Jesus, he will return, and instead of answering directly, he will answer with a question. He often says that, right? That's how he begins this passage. He says, teach us about prayer, and then he says, who of you who has a friend? And he kind of goes into this discourse, right? And he does this. This is a, a teaching technique of the rabbis. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi after all. And he comes and he, when we answer, ask him a question, when he's asked a question, he comes with a better question as the answer. And I know this to be the case um, specifically because when I was back in seminary, um, I was having a tough time. I was struggling. Um, you can ask Pastor Rick. Well, he's a, he's a better reader than I am. I like turn around and he's reading. But it's hard for me. Um, I enjoy reading, but I'm dyslexic. And so it takes me a little bit longer than most people. Um, and, and when you're in seminary, you're reading about 3,000 pages a semester or so. And that's on the low end. <laughs> and so doing that plus writing about 100 pages um, During the semester, it was just hard for me. Add in some homesickness and some relationship issues that I had going on. And I was a person who was struggling with my call. And so I was sitting in all this and I go to Jesus and I say, "Um, is this real? Like, do you actually want me to be a minister? This is really hard. I'm having a tough time in a lot of ways right now. Do you really want me to do this? And instead of doing a direct answer, he answered me in this kind of rabbinic tradition way with another question, and he said, Wade, do you trust me? And what a question, right? Do you trust me? And to my surprise in that moment, I answered him back saying, Lord, I trust you. Help my mistrust." And it wasn't all of a sudden that things started to get better, but I started to trust him more. Actually, I had to take a step back. I had to drop a class that semester, which is really tough. It made me have to go for a little bit longer because I did that. But I started to trust God more and more and more. I stuck with it. I graduated. Praise God that that's over with. But as I have gone forward from that, I've come to a place to where when things are getting hard, when things are tough, instead of shrinking back and saying, I'm good, I try to lean in, lean into those times and say, I am here, God, send me, send me to wherever I need to be today. Let me talk to whoever I need to, to today. Let me be present with those are around me. So that's the challenge. That's what relationship looks like, is that Jesus often answers those questions that we have with another question. Lent is a season that is built around seeking. We come and we set aside things, right? We, whatever that is for you. Uh, for me, it's Dr. Pepper. Those who know me are like, thank God he's not drinking so much Dr. Pepper. Uh, I was worried about him. Um, it's okay. I'm all right. I promise. I'm not addicted. It's okay. All right. Anyways, so Lent is the season where we come to it and we set aside things. We set aside something um, so that God can fill us in other ways that God can, that as we're seeking him. And this is kind of an ancient practice of fasting that Lent really challenged us to submit those most fundamental and essential cravings to our even deeper need. It serves to focus our appetites and attitudes on the Lord. That as we're going and as we're seeking after. It says, hey, what are you seeking after, right? That oftentimes in our lives, we may not be seeking after the Lord. We may be seeking after fame or fortune or, or whatever else in our lives, and sometimes we're like, oh God, you just stay back there. Like, I got this, right? Instead of seeking after God in our lives, in our daily lives and how important that is. And so this is a time of the year, the time in the Christian calendar, where where God says, hey, seek after me. Take those things out of the way so that you may replace it with more of me in your life. Lent is also a time where we come and we knock. Knocking is an action, right? You can't go up and say, knock, 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 or like Julie did, the knock, knock jokes, right? Which were hilarious to me, at least. I thought they were funny. But it's an, it's an action. You're knocking. And it's not some secret passcode, right? It's not some uh, password that you have to somehow figure out to get into the good graces of God. That the action of knocking on the door opens the door. It's not any harder than that. There's no big secret about getting God's attention because God's attention is already on us. It's not like the beginning of the story. God is not like that friend where you have to go and you have to beg. If a friend came to me at midnight, started knocking on my door and texting me and ringing the doorbell and I opened the door and they're like, hey, I need some bread. Be like, go to H-E-B, man, it's 24 hours. But that's not that's not how God is. You don't have to bother him. You don't have to annoy God to get him to respond to to you, to your requests. That's not what the Lenten season is about. That's not what this prayer and fasting and all that we do during the Lenten season is about. It's not about us trying to get God's attention. It's about us focusing on God and understanding that his attention is on us in our lives. So ask for that. Ask for this, how much more? My devotional last week on Thursday, um, there's a, Book that's kind of going along with, with what we're going through. It's called Listen to Him, Listen to God. And in that book, when he's talking about ask, seek, knock, he says that maybe a better question, the better question isn't to ask, seek, and knock, because that is more about what we desire from God. The better question is how much more which is what God desires for us. How much more is what God desires for us? That he wants more for us in our lives. He wants a deeper relationship. He wants to give good gifts as he says, that he's that good father, that heavenly father that knows how to lavish his children, which we are with great and amazing gifts. So seek after that. Ask for that during this Lent. Throughout these, we're we're at day, well, yesterday was day 10, but we're 10 days into the 40 days. So we're a quarter of the way done. Spend the next 30 days. Spend the next three quarters of Lent asking God for that more. Seek after that in your life and knock because he says it will be open, and your Father, who knows how to give good gifts to his children, he says this, will give you more of the best gifts that he has for you, namely more of the Holy Spirit. This week, let's challenge each other to focus our fasting and prayers on, how much, more, on the, how much more that God longs for us in our lives. Let's ask together as his children for more of the Holy Spirit and surrender to all that comes along with the Holy Spirit. Let's ask, seek, and knock for more of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, for deepening gifts of the Spirit, more holy love, which is the truest sign that the Spirit is alive in us. And most importantly, let's ask for more of the Spirit himself. God, Jesus knows how to ask those catalytic questions, that better question in our lives, and that question that he is asking to us throughout this Lenten season. God, thank you so much for the fact that you love us, Lord. That you hear our prayers that we don't have to beg for your attention, Lord, that your attention is on us. We thank you for the fact that we can ask, seek, and knock, and we can know that your answer will be how much. Give us your Holy Spirit. Let us be guided by you. Amen.